0: church let's stand let's worship
1: drug into this room with the chains that are holding us back. Church, this morning, let's step into our future with Christ. Because fear is not my future. You are. Come on, sing it like you mean it this morning, church. Because sickness is not my story. You are. No heartbreaks. Heartbreaks, not my heart, You are. And death is not the end. You are. Yes. Amen, church.
0: your people, bring revival, Lord, work your wonders, we'll give you glory, and all God's people said, amen. Can we just give the Spirit and Jesus some praise in this place today? Woo. This is a great time together worshiping. Turn to the person beside you and say hi this morning before you sit down.
2: How's everybody doing this morning? What a great morning it's been to worship together and see everybody and gather together and encourage each other. One thing I just, was just uh, aware of and made, reminded, uh, the Lord reminded me is that this is not just a building, this is not just a, a gathering point, but this is a place that God's spirit comes and he ministers to us at all the different levels where we are. We all have all of the different things going on in our lives and we come here together and God's spirit meets each and every one of us right where we are this morning. Some of us are, are glad to be here because it's a, an, another great day and some of us are here a little re- reluctantly and some of us are going through some hard stuff and some of us are, are here just uh, to, to reach out to other people and God meets each and every one of us in the spot where we are. What a Mighty and awesome God, we serve. Amen. This is all for His glory, not ours. To build His kingdom. This is not our kingdom. This is His kingdom. Amen. Hey, my name is Pastor Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I want to say welcome. I'm glad to be here with you, and I'm glad that you guys are all here today. You could have chosen anywhere else to be on this beautiful Sunday morning in St. Augustine, Florida, but you chose to come here, and I am so glad that you did. If you are a, a guest of ours this morning, if you're, if you're new, then we would love to connect with you and help you get connected to some great people and ministries here. If you could just um, pull out your phone and text the word CONNECT to um, to the number 904-441-6900 or really easily, you can pull out your camera and scan that thing right there. If you're watching online, you can text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900 or scan the QR code right there. And I dare you, if you have never done it, Go ahead and try it now. I did that last time I gave announcements. A lot of people were like, let me see what happens. Let me see what happens, okay? I dare you. Go check it out. If you've never done it, see what happens. It might be interesting. See how it works on your phone. And then maybe you could like share, share that with somebody else. It works all week long, okay? Right there. It works all week long. So check it out. See how it works. Um, so that's going to pull up a digital connect card. You fill that little thing out, and that gives us a record that you showed up today, helps us get connected to you, and it helps um, you get connected to a bunch of other people here. So you could also stop by the welcome desk on your way out. We have a special gift for you if this is your first time here. We'd love to share with you about some of our ministries and all of that stuff, which, by the way, all of our midweek ministries start back up. This Wednesday, this is our first announcement. Kids, students, we have college ministries doing some awesome things this week during during their during their times um, at Flagler, and um, all of the midweek stuff. Um, uh, Lifehouse is that starting back up this week? L- not not this week. We're going to do some other stuff, but um, but all the other Bible studies and everything, and uh, the midweek the the family dinner starts back up this week. So that's all starting on Wednesday night, starting at six o'clock. We hope that you'll join. Kids Praise registration is still open. So if you have a kid and you want to register them for Kids Praise, it's still open. And for the student ministry, we're going to be doing this really cool kickoff thing. We're going to be doing Color Wars, which is going to be a lot of competitions and getting to know your small group is a lot, a lot of fun. So if you have a, a kid or a teenager, then this is the place where they should be on Wednesday nights as well. Another quick little announcement. We have our new building, which is going up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. Um, and it's, it's actually really awesome. If you've never been over there to write your prayers on the floor or to see it, it can really help you kind of get an idea of what it's going to look like or what it actually looks like. We're doing tours of the place. So we did them before, but we're still doing tours. Um, contact the church office, and we'd love to give you a tour. I actually just went over there um, just a few minutes ago, and it's awesome. It's so awesome. And so if you haven't been over there, take a little bit of time. It'll It'll, like light your fire about what we're doing over there. It's pretty cool. So do a little tour. They're still open, and we'd love to show you what God is doing here at Anastasia Church. And it, all of that, and I'm, I'm a huge benefit of it, working with the student ministry, all of the work with our children, work with our, with our students, our teenagers, work with our college students, and all of this new building is all because of your generosity. And we are so thankful that we have a generous church. And if you're new here, if you're a guest here, then um, we, we just... We want something for you. We pray that God has something for you. We don't want something from you today. But if you are one of our our faithful ones, if you wanna give, we are so thankful for that. You can give through three ways. You can text the word give to that same phone number. You can put some money in the the offering boxes out in the lobby and around, or you can um, just go straight online. That's a great way for you to continue to be a part of it. But if we do all of that and God's not in it, it's for nothing. So we want to pray and talk to God and give it to God so that we just want to ask for his blessings on what, he has, um, what he's doing here at our church. So will you guys bow with me in prayer? God, we thank you so much for this day and this opportunity to gather together and to be a part of what you're doing. We're so thankful for your spirit that is not far away in some other galaxy, but you are here with us. You are teaching us. You are loving us. You are encouraging us. What a good and mighty God you are. And you see us fit to use us for your glory to build your kingdom. So as we give, Lord, as we um, give our tithes and our offerings, we pray that you will use it. You will multiply it for your glory to build your kingdom. And we are thankful for everything that you're doing here, God. And we give it all to you. In your hands, it can be amazing. In our hands, it is just temporary. So God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
3: Amen, church. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Um, hey, what a beautiful truth as Jeremy declared that the Spirit is alive and well here with us, guiding and directing each and every one of us. And so let's just give the Spirit praise this morning and again, as we already have. What a beautiful truth. Uh, God is working. Hey, just last weekend, we saw God do amazing things. We had 14 get baptized at the beach. It was incredible. Uh, God is on the move, and so we're excited about how he is working here. Hey, I, I know for families, uh, this was the first full week of school, right? Anybody excited about that? No, Maybe a few parents? Okay, all right. Kids maybe are not excited. But, you know, it was the first full week of school. And I don't know about you, but I can remember my first full week of high school. And I remember the days leading up to that first full week of high school. And for you, and maybe like me, there was a lot of nervousness going to high school for the first time. And I was worried. I was anxious. You know, I was going to be the small kid on campus. Uh, I was worried that, you know, what is I going to fit in? What is I going to be liked? And, and I can remember the few weeks leading up uh, to going to high school, I had this reoccurring dream. And some of you may have also had this dream because it's a common dream. It was this dream that I was going into high school, it was on my first day, my first class, and I felt like I had everything together, right? I had my backpack, I thought, had all my clothes laid out, and I was walking into my class thinking and feeling very, very confident. But as I got into the class, something went really wrong, right? As I'm standing there, I noticed that all my classmates are staring at me. I noticed that the teacher is looking at me, and they all begin to laugh, they all begin to point, they all begin to make fun of me a little bit, and, and I'm wondering what is going on, because I felt like I had everything together, everything was just right, maybe you've had this dream before, but as I was standing there, and I'm trying to figure out why everybody is laughing, I realized something very terrible, right? Feeling that I had all the necessary items of clothing on, I realized in my dream that I was missing some essential items of clothing, Right? Anybody ever had this dream? All right, You feel like vulnerable, you feel uh, just undone, and then thank the Lord, you wake up and you realize it's just a dream. Whew, hallelujah, right? But I, I read this article that reportedly there are many people who have had this dream awaiting a nervous, uh, maybe it's a, a meeting or going to school for the first time, and they felt like they had it all together, only to feel like they didn't. You know, there's this passage of scripture in Colossians that talks about, it's Colossians 3.12, it says, put on then. And as it an act of putting on clothing as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. In other words, what Paul says is that as we live our lives, that we are called to put on compassion, just like we would every day our clothes that we wear. And, and there's this commandment, there's this call in our lives to live out compassionate lives, that daily we should put on compassion. And, and, and I believe that one day each and every one of us are gonna stand accountable before God for our actions and how we lived our life and how we honored him in his name and, and, and the aspects of our life that we lived as he did with compassion. But I wonder, like that dream that I've had, that oftentimes we may feel confident that we've done everything that we should have and that we feel like we should have this confidence going before the Savior of the world but as we look back on our lives, we realize that we didn't clothe ourselves with compassion. And instead of feeling confident, that we feel undone and we feel ashamed before the Savior. And so this morning I want to talk about what does it look like for us to clothe ourselves with compassion. I want to talk about this morning about cultivating a compassionate heart. And I believe this is such an important aspect of our faith. I believe it's a commandment the Lord has given us to live with compassion. And if you were with us a few weeks ago, we started the story of Ruth, and I love the story of Ruth. And and the story of Ruth is about finding hope in desperate place, it's about redemption when when there seemed no way for it. But in the story of Ruth, I, I think as we talk about the theme of it, and it is about redemption, it is about finding hope in desperate place, All that springs out of, out of that flows out of one man's compassion, one God's compassion that's lived out through one man, and that's the story of Boaz. And we're going to be looking at Ruth chapter 2, and I I think Boaz's story, maybe more than anybody else in Scripture, is an example of what it means to daily live with compassion in our lives. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to Ruth chapter 2, and we're going to be starting in verse 1. And hey, if you missed just the last couple of weeks, what's going on in the story of Ruth, and you're not familiar with it, Ruth and uh, Naomi find themselves in just the worst of situations. They both just recently lost their husbands, right? Uh, Naomi is the mother-in-law to Ruth, and tragically, both of them lose their spouses. Naomi loses not only her spouse, but her two sons, and so they're finding themselves in this desperate place where they needed resources, they needed food, there was no one to care for them, to look after them. And so they make this decision uh, to go to Bethlehem and, and to, in hopes of finding resources and someone who would care for them. And that's kind of where we pick up in Ruth chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to stand this morning in the honor of the reading of God's word. We're going to be in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said, go to her, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. And then Boaz said to this young The young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. Uh, So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. And then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that you are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. And then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and saying to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her. All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. Verse 12, the Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given by the Lord, the God of Israel, whose wings you have come under to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. So Ruth finds herself in a foreign land looking uh, for a kinsman redeemer, as you're going to talk a little bit more, but a kinsman who would care for them, who would offer them refuge in this time of need. And so Naomi recommends that Ruth go to this field and basically glean, which means kind of uh, glean off what uh, uh, food that they had and, and, and kind of find herself in a way that she could find resources and work. And so this is kind of where Ruth ends up. And what I love, though, is Boaz's response to Ruth in the midst of this. And I believe through their interactions, we see what it means to clothe ourselves with compassion. And uh, if we're defining compassion this morning, I would define compassion as this. Compassion is defined by our willingness to see and respond to the needs of others as God leads us. Compassion is defined by our willingness to see and respond to the needs of others as God leads us. And I believe if we're going to clothe ourselves with compassion, if we're going to cultivate a compassionate heart, the first thing that we need to do is we need to build connections to build compassion. Build connections to build compassion. Boaz's story and the compassion that he has with those around him is seen very evident in the story. You know, we we see him coming back from Bethlehem. You can kind of imagine their farm, if you will, on the outskirts of Bethlehem. And and so he comes back in from town and and he's confronted with his workers in the field. Now now we see the type of man that Boaz is in his relationship with his workers, right? The first thing that we see is as he comes up, he says to his workers, the Lord be with you. All right, well, it had been great if if the boss says, hey, the Lord bless you, right? That's one thing, but look look, look at what the uh, workers say to him. The Lord bless you. Can I tell you, this is not a typical relationship, right? Here's the boss, and here's uh, those who are working under him, and, and he is saying, the Lord bless you, and they are right back firing, saying, the Lord be with you, right? The Lord watch over you. This is an amazing relationship that Boaz has. We see through Boaz as the leader (coughs) excuse me, that he loved taking time to bless those who were in his his, uh, working for him and in his service. And, And I believe that that's because Boaz had a connection with those around him. He cared enough about them that he wanted to see God's favor and blessing over them. You know, some of us, myself included, sometimes we struggle with compassion. Sometimes we want to be compassionate to those around us, but we struggle. Uh, It's hard. My my son has a a, a food aversion, and so he doesn't like certain foods. And so we have to work with him, and we have to introduce new foods on his plate so that he might see and taste and figure out that they're okay foods, right, that they taste good. You and I, we have a people aversion, right? (laughs) Sometimes we struggle with people, and we don't know how to build compassion. We don't know how to have compassion on them. Can I tell you that the, the easiest way to have compassion on those who God has created and made around us, who He's called to be in relationship with, called us to be in relationship with, is build a connection. Build a relationship. Here Boaz is with those who had been serving with him and alongside of him, and, and he had a relationship with them. And because he had a relationship, he was compassion, had compassion over them. I believe for you and I, if we want to cultivate a a compassionate heart, we need to build relationships. Paul tells us in Romans that uh, he says, how then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Paul tells us or if we're to have compassion on those around us, first, we've gotta build a connection, we have to go. And I think what happens is when we say we're willing, when we build that relationship, when we build that connection, we begin to see those people around us and the light and the love that God has for them. You know, uh, one of our, our connections here at Anastasia that has blessed us immensely is we have a connection in Haiti. And it's at the Hope for Haiti Orphanage that Peter and Shay Fontana started so many years ago. We have a a picture of the kids there. Those are the kids. That's our our connection. And and so many years, they they started that connection. And because they started that connection, we have compassion. Uh, A part of our our missions giving goes to support them. And so many of you pray for and encourage uh, our our Hope for Haiti partnership. Um, You know, over the last few weeks, we've been praying desperately for the Lord to intervene uh, over the Hope for Haiti because of the, uh, the circumstances that are there in the country. Uh, it's just been really difficult because of the gang violence here. And you have been praying. That's a connection. And because we have that connection, we're passionate about it. Can I tell you this morning, we have a very special guest with us this morning. I'm gonna have Peter and Shay and Roland. Roland is our director at the orphanage in Haiti. Uh, she is faithfully there each and every week. I'm gonna ask you guys to come up here this morning. Caring for and looking over the children. And Roland, if you'll come up here this morning, we're so grateful to have you here this morning and for the ministry that you do at Haiti. And Peter and Shay, I want y'all to come up here. Roland is a godsend. She is a very special, called woman who looks after and cares for the daily needs of these kids. She is a special lady. And I get to see firsthand over the last few years the ministry that she leads there. But we're grateful, Roland, that you're here this morning with us, and we're grateful for your ministry. Can we give Roland a round of applause for her ministry and her work? This is the connection that we have. in church, I, as Roland's here, I just want to take a minute to pray over her and the orphanage and the ministry that she leads. So will you all join me? We just lift up your hands and just as an act of prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for Roland. We thank you for her ministry to the kids and the Hope for 80 Orphanage. Lord, we pray blessings. God, we pray that you would continue to intervene on their behalf, that you would provide the protection. God, that you would watch over them, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for Peter and Shay and all that they've done to help create this connection and partnership. Lord, may you continue to use the Hope for Haiti Orphanage for your glory and for your kingdom. Lord, we pray for safe travels for Roland as she makes her way back to Haiti, Lord. And we pray that you would continue to use her in power. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, church. Let's give Roland and Peter and say another round of applause. Thank you guys so much for your ministry. Thank you. Had we not made that connection so many years ago, God would have not opened our heart to see the compassion that we should have on those around us. It starts with a connection. Uh, the second thing that you can write down though this morning is that we've gotta allow compassion to speak over our personal judgments. Allow compassion to speak over our personal judgments. Uh, you know, as we read the story of Ruth, she is a Moabite woman. Now, if you know anything about Boaz, right, Boaz is an uh, Israelite. He was uh, from the tribe of Israel, right? And, and so their relationship, uh, the Moabites and Israel, were not on good terms, right? And so she was a foreigner, and, and this is made mentioned over and over again. Even the, the young man who's working in the field says, this is a young Moabite woman from the country of Moab. He wanted Boaz to be aware that this this is not someone we would typically welcome into our field. But yet, Boaz didn't let her background, the country that she was from, deter him from showing the compassion that he felt God was leading him to show. Sometimes our stereotypes, sometimes our judgments, if we're not careful, they will hinder us from showing the compassion that God is calling us to show. Uh, Henry Nouwen, a famous Christian writer and thinker, said compassion cannot coexist with judgment. Compassion cannot coexist with judgment. And, and if we're not careful, we can allow our personal judgments, maybe where somebody's from, maybe what somebody looks like, or uh, their, their thoughts, or how they live their life, maybe that can hinder us from showing the love and compassion that Jesus has called us to show to them. It can be a hindrance if we're not careful. Uh, The author of James says it like this though, he says that mercy or compassion, as other translations say, triumphs over judgment. Mercy or compassion triumphs over judgment. I believe that The power of the God that we can serve, the power of God within us, the power of the spirit that resides with us can help us overcome our personal judgments or stereotypes that we may hold so that we can be in tune to the spirit of God to show compassion when he's leading us. There's a famous story about Mother Teresa, and Mother Teresa was visiting Australia and a village of aboriginals, and she was visiting there, and she got word of this man who was very, very poor on the, desolate, or on the, on the outskirts of the community that no one would go see. And, and apparently his living conditions were just so horrendous, and he was dirty, and he was filthy, and nobody wanted to go over there. Mother Teresa got word of it, and she said, I'll go. And she went to the man's house and as she came to his house, she said, hey, can I clean your house? Can I make your bed? Can I help clean you up and make you a meal? And at first the man said, no, I don't want it. And finally, after some time, Mother Teresa convinced him and she began to clean his house, to make his bed and to care for him. And as she's cleaning the house, she finds a lamp in the house, this old dirty lamp. And the story says is Mother Teresa asked, uh, the man says, why, why, why do you have this lamp and you never light it? And she's, he says in response, because nobody will see me. No one has come to see me or care for me. Mother Teresa responded, well, if I light this lamp, will you promise to keep it lit? And I will send other missionaries to come see you and care for you? And the man agreed, I will light the lamp daily so that others will come and see me. Well, some years went by and uh, Mother Teresa kind of put it behind her and wasn't thinking about it. And she received a letter one day. And Mother Teresa being really the one who we see as someone who shows immense compassion uh, to those who are hurting and lost and sick and ill, she receives this letter from this aboriginal man from two years later. And it says in the letter, Tell my friend that the light that she lit in my life continues to shine brightly. Compassion has the ability, when we show it, when we move past our judgments, our stereotypes, and we listen to God's calling on our life, it has the ability to change lives. God is calling us to clothe ourselves with compassion. I love this story of Mother Teresa because it shows the power that compassion has to triumph over judgment. God is calling us to clothe ourselves with compassion. Third thing you can write down this morning, compassion should move us to respond to the physical and spiritual needs of others. We see the story of Boaz, and what I love about Boaz seeing Ruth, he, he, he didn't just say, okay, it's fine, she can glean in our field, uh, you know, no big deal. No, he personally went to her. And he ensured not only that she could glean in the field, that she could find work and, and find food and, and substance, but he personally saw to her safety that she was taken care of. I mean, compassion moved him to physically respond to the needs that she had in her life. Church, compassion should move us. Compassion should move us to look to, to care for those who are needy, those who are hungry, those who are sick, those who are broken. When Ruth was met with Boaz's compassion to meet her physical needs, we see Ruth just falling down before him. Why are you showing me this favor? Why are you being so kind to me when I'm a foreigner? See Compassion moved Boaz. But can I tell you why Boaz was moved to show the physical and meet the physical needs? It's because Boaz had seen and heard of the compassion of the one true God. And that one true God changed his life so that he knew when God called him to show compassion to others, he did it willingly. You know, Jesus's ministry was defined by his compassion. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. It says that he went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those who afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And all, all of Israel was expecting this, this Messiah to come with political power and prestige and, and that he would sit on this, this earthly kingdom and rule with power. Yet Jesus comes and he shows compassion. He's going to the sick and the needy and the broken and he's caring for them. Think about the God of the universe stepping out of heaven and entering the form of a servant. Scriptures say that he humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. Here's Jesus living out compassion to humanity. And I love in this passage in Matthew, it says that, and he went. He didn't wait for the needs of the people to come to him. He went to the needs of the people. That's the God that we serve. That's the compassion of the Savior that we have. And I believe that his life is an example for us. I believe Boaz's life is an example for us. Not just to talk about compassion in church, but to live out compassion in our lives. And that it would move us in such a way to care for the needs of the hurting and the broken. Fourth thing you can write down this morning is sharing the love of Jesus is the greatest act of compassion. Sharing the love of Jesus is the greatest act of compassion. You know, the last part of that scripture that we read, uh, Boaz's response to Ruth was, "The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge." And there's a whole other story that we that Pastor Walter is going to get in here about uh, how how out of place it is for this man to show kindness and grace, for God to use Ruth's story in the midst of a greater story, and I don't wanna give it all away for next week, but I love that Boaz's response to Ruth, his prayer for her is to find the blessing of the God that he serves. He wants her to know of the goodness of God. You know, I think when we really get down to what it means to show compassion, It means to share with others the greatest thing that we have in our life. The most life-changing person that we know. The one who can bring healing and restoration and forgiveness in our life. If we're truly compassionate about loving others around us, it means that we are bold enough, that we are called, that we feel conviction enough to share with them the life-giving truth of Jesus. Because people are hungry and desperate to hear the good news. A couple weeks ago, uh, you may have saw in the news that a, a young man right here in, in St. Augustine uh, found himself in a dire situation as he was uh, on a boat and, and his boat got capsized and he found himself uh, roughly about 13 miles offshore. And it was a desperate situation, to have any resources, didn't have any supplies. And many of you in here were praying for that young man. And, and uh, thank goodness, thank God that he was rescued and he was found and that he was doing all right. But, you know, I think about all those first responders, those search and rescue Uh, personnel that went, and, and they didn't hesitate, they didn't delay, they went, and there was a need, there was a person in crisis, and they had the resources, they had the knowledge to go find this young man, and they went and they did that. And I'm so grateful that they stepped up. I'm so grateful for those who are our first responders that they didn't tarry, that they went and they rescued that young man. But I imagine, and I think about, what if so many in his situation who are reliant on those who have the resources, the ability to provide rescue, what if they tarried? What if they delayed? What difference would it make? For some of them, and maybe for this young man, it became the difference between life or death. But yet, they went with urgency to seek this man out. You know, in our lives, There are many, many people around us who are lost, who are hopeless, who are desperate for hope, love, and forgiveness. It's a matter of life and death for them. And we should move with urgency because I see that as we as believers and followers of Christ Jesus, we have the tools, we have the knowledge, we have the resources, To point people unto Jesus. There's a call in our lives to clothe ourselves with compassion. And it means daily that as we get up, as we get ready for the day, that internally we're saying, God, I'm gonna put on the compassion that you have called me to live with today. God, I'm gonna be available. I'm gonna be on the lookout for those who I need to show the love and mercy that you have shown me to others. So this morning, I, my, my challenge to us, my invitation to us this morning that I believe that God has given us is to just as Colossians says, to clothe ourselves with compassion. So this morning, we have a, a people in our community, in our homes, in our town that are hungry, that are desperate, that are dying, that are lost, who need to hear the good news of Jesus? Would you be moved by the compassion of God to share with them the good news of Jesus? Maybe you're here this morning and as you came, and and again, I don't think anybody's here by coincidence. I think maybe we have different reasons for being here, but God drew us in here. Maybe you're here this morning and you're desperate, you're longing for hope, you're longing for rescue. Can I tell you, friend, Jesus is here. He's awaiting and he can provide the rescue, the healing and forgiveness and the restoration that you long for in your life. You have to but call on his name to put your faith and trust in him and him alone. Trust in the forgiveness that he has provided you through his death So this morning, as we have a time of invitation, hey, this altar is open. It represents a place of surrender. It represents a place uh, of conviction of you coming and saying, God, I need your help. And so this morning, if you need to come pray at this altar, the altar's open. If you need someone to pray with, I'll be here. We'll have decision counselors available. You come as the Lord moves you. But let's be a people clothed in the compassion and mercy of the God that we serve because he is full of compassionate grace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We give you all glory and praise. And God, we want to honor you in everything that we say and do. Lord Jesus, help us to be a people of compassion. Thank you that in our darkest, difficult days, Lord, that you have shown us grace that we were not deserving of, that you have shown us mercy. And Lord, if there's someone here this morning who has not received you as Savior, may they do so this morning. God, it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. You stand this morning. You come as God leads. You come. Bring
0: life. You are love. You bring life.
3: day and children alone we had over 240 kids present here for worship amen we had 75 youth in worship at 10 30 amen isn't that amazing god is on the move and we are seeing just a, a, an unprecedented amount of young families come to the church and we not only want to minister to the families and the students uh, but we want to minister to couples and families and so Uh, One of the things that we have coming up that I wanna let you know about is a new life group starting. I'm gonna ask Scott and Allie to come up here this morning. And they have just recently started a life group for young marrieds. I'm gonna have y'all come up here so everybody can see you. And the life group's called Abide and it's gonna be meeting at 1030s. It's for young families, and we're just really excited and hope that um, we can minister to young families uh, as we're ministering to their kids. And so a part of this morning is to let you know about that life group. If you're seeking an opportunity, they meet at 1030 on the third floor, but also that we just want to pray a blessing over you guys as you start this. So uh, church, will you just reach your hand out again? I'm going to ask you just to pray a blessing over them. Uh, Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for Scott and Allie stepping up to lead this by life group. Lord, we pray blessings over them, that, Lord, as we seek to minister, not just to the kids and the youth, but to the whole family. And so may this be an opportunity, a small group opportunity for young families to plug into, to be cared for, and to be encouraged. And so, Lord, we pray that you would use them in power and might. It's in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. We're praying for God to use you guys in a mighty way. Amen, church. God bless you. Let's clothe ourselves. Let's go out with the compassion of the Lord.